When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now with Ken Sterling. It's Thursday, July 15th, 2021. We're brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry, including the wonderful, the magnificent Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist in the world. My dentist for the last 28 years, he can become your dentist today. Give him a call, 317-849-2933. Hello, yes, I'd like to make an appointment with Dr. Mike O'Neill. Oh, well, that's good news. See, that's the way it's done. You just need to have a real phone instead of an empty hand. Punch subscribe, hit like, ring the bell, let's go, let's talk about sports. First, we're going to talk about college basketball. Then, we're going to talk about the British Open and Bryson DeChambeau. Man, he is the gift that keeps on giving for the media. First, though, uh, Big Ten rankings in college basketball is what I was going to do today. And, and so I'm looking at everybody and I'm thinking about Michigan and I'm thinking about Purdue because they got their top eight scorers uh, coming back. They've got Caleb first, Trey Kaufman, Wren coming in. This is going to be a dynamic team, probably the most talented team that Matt Painter has had at Purdue during his time there. And then I started thinking about Illinois and Kofi Coburn. We don't know whether he's going to be back in Champaign or whether he's going to go down to play for uh, Leonard Hamilton at Florida State. And then I started thinking about Indiana. And I thought, you know what? I only care about two teams in the Big Ten, really, and that's Indiana and Purdue in that order because I went to Indiana. I don't know what to think of Indiana. There are so many question marks about Indiana, I have no idea where to slot them in the Big Ten. None. And those question marks start with Mike Woodson. Is Mike Woodson going to be able to coach in the Big Ten? Is he going to be able to coach college basketball at the level he did in the NBA? And I think that the answer is yes. But because I've never seen it before, I have no idea. Now, he's done a great job, and Scott Dolson, too, of surrounding him with guys who are very, very familiar with the college basketball game. You've got Thad Mata. You've got uh, Dane Fife. You've got other guys who are surrounding him. And it's wonderful. But you've also got this unknown as to whether he's going to be able to communicate with 18 to 22-year-olds in the same way as he did with NBA guys. I don't think that this is a matter of like going from being a veterinarian and, and operating on horses to all of a sudden being a brain surgery surgeon 
and operating on human beings. I don't think it's that stark a difference in what he's doing for a living. It's still basketball. It's still young men playing the game. I, I think it's kind of, there. there's a very strong tether between college basketball and the NBA. Some of the guys in college basketball wind up playing in the NBA. We know that, but we don't know whether Mike Woodson has the temperament to really connect with 18 to 22-year-olds in a way that's going to compel them to play really good basketball every single night this upcoming season. Then you've got the guys who left, right? You've got Armand Franklin, gone. Al Durham, gone. Uh, Joey Brunk, gone. Jerome Hunter, gone. Those guys, out. They decided not to invest in what Indiana's doing. You're adding a bunch of guys. We don't know, obviously. We don't know what this team's going to look like without those guys. Then you're adding guys like Michael Durr and Miller Kopp and Xavier Johnson, the transfer from Pitt, Tamar Bates, the, the Texas kind of guy who recruited, who had committed, and then uh, left once Shaka Smart took the job at Marquette. You've got Logan Duncombe coming in from Cincinnati, the high schooler. So uh, what, do, what do we think about how these guys are going to integrate with the guys who remain, like Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson and Rob Finnessy and Leal and Galloway and Geronimo and Christian Lander? How are all these guys going to fit together into a team and compete in the Big Ten? I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. We're going to see during the scrimmages Maybe how this team sort of comports itself on the court, although none of these games are going to be televised, so good luck watching, which is terrible. I I want to watch Indiana basketball 365 days a year. Put it on TV, I will watch. I just spent how many hours? 14 hours watching the British Open. All right, I will watch Indiana basketball being played against a bunch of Serbians down at Atlantis, and that will be my first choice among all other choices. Watching Indiana under Mike Woodson compete is going to be really, really interesting. But at this point, we have no idea what is going to happen with this team whatsoever. They could be a first division team in the Big Ten, maybe a top five team in the Big Ten, or maybe they continue to languish. My hope is that Mike Woodson continues to recruit at a high level, continues to communicate honestly, transparently with parents and with potential student-athletes and people who may choose to transfer to Indiana, that would be great. That's how I think you get to parents and get to kids. You don't sell them. You, you don't go in there like a used car salesman and try to put them into a uh, 1980 Chrysler convertible. I don't think that that's what you do. I think you just lay it out for them and say, look, if he works hard every day, if you work hard every day, you're going to reap the rewards of that work. I'm going to make sure that your effort, that your work leads to a positive result. I promise you that you will get closer to your potential working your hardest for me than you will anywhere else. I think Mike Woodson can make that claim with a straight face and and absolutely convince people that he knows what he's talking about because of the time he spent in the NBA. He knows how what kids need to do to get there, and that's what it's all about for these guys. That Trace Jackson Davis stayed, he could wind up being a first-team All-Big Ten, first-team All-American this coming year. If he does that, if they utilize him correctly, all of a sudden, you're pretty dynamic. 
The defense is going to be pretty good. It's going to be better, and I've got to feel like this is going to be a much better coached team tactically than Indiana has been for the last four years under Archie Miller. Mike Woodson has forgotten more about basketball in his 63 years than Archie Miller has ever known about basketball. So I've got a good feeling about Mike Woodson in Indiana, but not any kind of, like with with Purdue, you know what Painter is. You know they got their top eight guys. You know Caleb First is going to be terrific, and Trey Kaufman-Wren is going to be terrific. That is a really solid 10 players with a coach. You absolutely know who he is. You can project Purdue as a top 10 team nationally. With Indiana, you have no idea what Indiana is going to be. So ranking these teams, impossible at this point, and useless, and, and just ridiculous. Uh, I'd love to do it. It would be fun. I think Michigan's going to be good. I think Michigan State is going to be better than people think. Illinois is dependent upon Kofi coming back. If he comes back, Illinois is going to be good. Brad Underwood's a terrific coach. It seems like Wisconsin has fallen apart. Iowa, who knows? I mean, how long are these guys going to stay in college, for God's sake? Yeah, you got a guy there who's going to, what is it, his seventh year? With the Hawkeyes, my God, Nebraska's always going to suck. Minnesota's going to suck. Uh, Rutgers isn't going to be any good. Penn State isn't going to be any good. That's kind of the Big Ten in a nutshell, right? You know who's going to be good, who's not going to be good. Can Indiana make that jump from the teams, that group of teams that's not going to be really good, into the group of teams who are always good in the Big Ten? That's the question. And the answer starts coming to us about a month from now when Indiana goes to Atlantis to play two exhibitions against the Serbians. Should be a fascinating time. i got to figure out how to watch the thing. Uh, the Open Championship, the British Open, right? Louis Tyson, six under, he leads. What did I tell you earlier this week about betting on the, on the British Open? I said jo- Jordan Spieth is a value play at 20 to 1, and if you want to take like a shot-in-the-dark long shot, Stuart Sink is playing really, really well. He tends to play well in the British Open. I like Stuart Sink as a 125 to 1 long shot. Put 10 bucks on him, 10 bucks. You win 1250 if if he winds up hoisting the Claret Jug on Sunday. What happened today? Speeth, 5 under, tied for second. Sink, 4 under, right behind Speeth, right behind Ustazen. It all may fall apart tomorrow, but today I celebrate because I'm the smartest guy in the room right now, identifying Stuart Sink as a guy who's going to play very, very well at Royal St. George's. Thank you very much. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau is almost as much fun to root against as anybody you would possibly root for because he is a Class A jerk. He is a pain in the ass and a jerk who thinks he's found out through math, figured out how to become a championship-level golfer. So... Today, he finishes with one over par 71, and after the round, he's not happy with his drive. He hit four of 14 fairways, and he says, right now, the driver sucks, talking about his Cobra driver. Well, the tour operations manager for Cobra, a guy named Ben Showman, he responded. He caddied for for DeChambeau just a couple weeks ago, so he knows Bryson DeChambeau pretty well. He said, it's just really, really painful when he says something that's stupid. He has never been happy, ever. He has never really been happy, ever. 
I don't like people who aren't happy. Bryson DeChambeau always seems like he's about that far away from an explosion. So I like rooting against him. I love it when he bogeys. He, his face pops on the screen and his bloated body uh, that he has, has built into a 370-yard drive hitting machine. This is what happens when you hit a drive, 370 yards. When you generate that much clubhead speed, controlling the clubhead becomes more difficult, for God's sake. This isn't physics. This is human behavior. This is physiology, not necessarily physics. So uh, Bryson DeChambeau, not happy. The guy from Cobra wasn't having it. Basically told Bryson DeChambeau to shut the hell up. I love it. I hope Bryson DeChambeau shoots 86 tomorrow. <laughs> I, don't think that, I don't think that portrays me as a, a, a terribly good human being. But you know what? It's absolutely true. Every hole he bogeys, I feel just a little bit better about humanity. The opposite is true with Jordan Spieth, who I think is a great guy. And I love the story about him playing at Colonial the first time. And uh, he gets a special invite into the tournament. And and the dad says, now listen, um, I I can drop him off out front. But uh, as he's walking in with his bag, does he need some kind of pass to get in? (laughs) And and the tournament organizers are like, we're going to take care of all that. We'll have a car for him, for goodness sake. (laughs) You don't need to drop him off at the entrance to the Colonial Country Club. Anyway, uh, that's a human being. Those are people who exist as human beings. You know what I mean? They're modest. They're humble. They don't walk around thinking that the world was built for them. DeChambeau is exactly the opposite. You know what kind of a pain in the butt he is dealing with Cobra, demanding this, demanding that, blah, 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 blah. Nothing's ever his fault. So I root against him. What are you going to do? The Big 12 is going to stop it with the horns down. They don't like opposing players walking up to Texas Longhorns and giving them the horns down. So that's going to be a penalty this year for taunting. What are you doing? Even if, although probably not, but it's possible that if somebody does it to the fans, to their fans, might be a penalty. Depends. Going to leave it in the hands of the officials. What are we doing? First of all, isn't it enough? For Kansas State or Oklahoma or Oklahoma State or, or Texas uh, Tech or whomever in the Big 12, isn't it enough to beat a team? Do you have to rub their noses in it every second? And you know what? How many times have teams done this after a play and then Texas winds up winning the game? Don't celebrate plays. Celebrate wins. It's not about the moment And it's never about shoving it to your opponent. What it's about is winning with your guys, the guys wearing your color jerseys, winning and celebrating as a unit after the deal is done. We don't celebrate before the game is over. We don't celebrate individual play. This crap, what are we doing? Are we insane? How how has this become? Look, back in the day, you used to get mauled for stuff like that. Some guy back in the, in the late 60s playing against the Bears gave it this. Dick Butkus was going to put him in a hospital. There was a, there was a response that was going to be costly for people who did that kind of thing, engaged in that kind of mockery. It was taken care of on the field. That's not allowed anymore, and I think it's a shame. You know, I, I, I think it should be allowed. You do that to a Texas guy, Texas guy goes, 
number 62. And then boom, you lay waste to them, and it's over. And people learn not to do it through that consequence. Tomorrow morning, Breakfast with Kent. I cannot wait to talk to you at 8 o'clock after watching the British Open for about four hours in advance of that. Fantastic. Great time to be alive. One of my favorite weekends of the year. 8 o'clock tomorrow morning right here, uh, YouTube Live, and then immediately thereafter on Facebook Live.